Great to be with you. Can you hear me? Yeah? Yeah, great. It's great to be with you. Those of you uh, watching online, um, we're um, here again today carrying on our series, um, Kingdom Living, um, the Sermon on the Mount. It's a real significant piece of teaching. Um, I remember years ago um, reading a book by a guy called John Stott, who was a really famous um, evangelical um, theologian, and just been blown away by the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. So it was great to hear Josh last week kick it off. And, um, and this week we're moving on further into the book of Matthew, and we're looking at um, chapter 5, verses 21 to 26. And, um, you know, this morning, I hope that it can be just more than a theoretical kind of like going through the scripture. I hope that we're going to be able to, and um, week by week, engage with what this, this text is, is speaking to us about. Because as we engage with the word of God, our hearts are changed. And we know that as we read this, it's very deep, it penetrates, and it goes right to where it needs to go to, to change our lives so that we can live more effectively for him. Let's just read it together. So Matthew, um, the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 to 26, and it says this. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you have an offering, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave the gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or the adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid every last penny. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. We thank you for um, what you're trying to teach us. And we pray, God, this morning for open hearts, open minds. We pray now, Lord God, that you'd come by your Holy Spirit, that you'd move every um, obstacle out of the way, and that you'd help us to receive these words into our heart, that we might be changed, that we become may become more like you, and so save you and worship you and lift you up in the earth, in the name of Jesus, amen. I loved it last week, um, the Beatitudes that we looked at last week with Josh was great, attitudes to be, and um, you know, and I, I was just thinking all week about just the first Beatitude, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and um, you know, that's so true of my life, I am poor in spirit in that the sense that I know that I need a savior. I know that I need to be saved. And, and as we read further into the Sermon on the Mount, I'm even more convinced that I need a savior as I'm convicted by the things that Jesus uh, is trying to teach us and is showing us in this text. I'm convicted. So I've got, a, I've got four points that I'm going to make. And the first one is anger. Um, Jesus was going way back 
not just to the sixth commandment, thou shalt not murder in Exodus 20, 13. He was going back even further. You, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago. Um, you know, and long ago, even at the very beginning of the world, we see the first two sons to Adam and Eve, born Cain and Abel. And we see that murder and anger were there right at the beginning. There is no new thing, right? There's, not, there's nothing new. Um, and we know that God spoke to Cain and said to him, why are you angry, Cain? Why are you downcast? And then from that, um, it wasn't dealt with, and he, he went on and murdered his brother Abel. Amazing, isn't it? You know that um, the Ten Commandments are, you know, are often presented in a very dogmatic and harsh kind of way, but I, I believe that um, law is, is, is comfort. Law is there for protection. Um, God was, in the law, was trying to say, you know, don't murder. Not do not murder. It's don't murder. Don't, don't steal. Don't, don't do these things. Because when you do these things, it, it hurts you and it hurts other people. It's, it's not the right way to live. Uh, but the Pharisees were teaching the law in a very legalistic way around Jesus. Um, they, were, they were looking at the letter of the law but ignoring the heart of the message. And Jesus comes along and, and, and teaches into that. You see, the people were, were, were basically looking at it and saying, well, you know, by not committing the act of murder, I'm doing something right before God. And they were becoming proud and puffed up by that notion that just because they hadn't murdered. And then Jesus comes along and says, no, 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 you've got it all wrong, guys. You've got it wrong. You see, if you've got the intention there, if you've got the heart there of anger towards somebody that you want to do them harm, then it's like you've murdered. The anger was there, and it's the same with, with Cain and Abel. Cain was, was angry with his brother. He was displeased with him. God is not like us. God does not look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And all of this teaching that we're looking at over the next um, few months is about our, our hearts. It's about how we enter into receiving um, God's heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. You see, the heart of the law and the spirit of the law is love. Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. The primary thing that we need to do as people of God, if we want to live for Christ and we want to worship him and we want to make Jesus known, is that we've got to have hearts full of love. Jesus went on to unpack that, um, and he was questioned by um, a lawyer in, in Matthew 22. Um, one of them, a lawyer, asked the question to Jesus to test him, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your enemy as yourself. On these two commandments depends the whole of the law and the prophets. The heart, the spirit, the soul of the law is love. And we have to um, deal with the anger 
um, that we have in our lives. I, I want to tell you that before I became a Christian, I, my, my rage could go from nothing to incandescent within seconds. When I was a chef working in the kitchen, I used to throw pans and knives and chickens and anything else that I, you know, I, you know, I used to sometimes get a little bit crazy. Um, I, was watching, um, I was watching the Avengers um, the other day. Some of you are big Marvel fans, I know, big Marvel fans. And I was watching the Avengers, and um, the angry person in the Avengers is obviously the Hulk, isn't it? And um, the Hulk is, is, you know, he suddenly just like explodes and becomes this big green monster. I just thought if Dan could quote Frodo, I could quote Hulk. So um, Captain America is, um, is, is, is like, they're, they're doing this battle and the, the Avengers are all there and David Banner, who turns into the Hulk, comes up and Captain America says to Hulk, um, how do you get angry so quickly? And Hulk says, well, it's like this. My secret is, I'm always angry. I'm always angry. And I think some of us are always angry. We've never dealt with the anger that's in our hearts. We've never, we've never, we've never got to the place where we've actually unpacked it and said, I'm always angry. Why am I always angry? Why am I always frustrated? Where's the peace? And, you know, this is an opportunity this morning to, to make a change. Don't be like Hulk who's always angry, who can go from nothing to incandescent, but be changed. I, I remember um, the way that the Lord dealt with it with me was to, was to humble me. And um, we, we had a, um, a neighbor um, that was a difficult person that God used to humble me and to change my life with it when it came to anger. So there was a bit of a boundary dispute. Who knows that things can get very heated over boundary disputes. And um, a long story, but basically there was a boundary dispute, and uh, we, were, we were in the right, I think. Who knows? It's a long time ago. And um, we got into an, an argument in the 10-foot. The 10-foot, for those of you that are not from Hull, is the alleyway at the back of your house. We were in the 10-foot, in the and it came to a bit of physicality. He, he grabbed me around the neck and pushed me, and honestly, you know, I mean, at the time, I was leading the church in Hull, um, so I was on staff of Hull Vineyard. I was kind of like, you know, I was already, been a Christian for maybe three years, um, four years, and I was, you know, I was kind of like in the church solidly, but I had not dealt with my anger. And um, I, I walked into my garden, and Debbie came out because she'd heard the shouting. And she said, what's going on? I said, Debbie, that's it. I, I quit being a Christian. I'm going to kill him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him. And, and Debbie said, but Phil, you need to forgive him. You need to love him like Jesus loved him. I said, yeah, I know that, Deb, but can I do that after I've killed him? <laughs> no, let's pray. So we prayed. Thank God for wives, eh? <laughs> but we prayed. And after we'd prayed, God said to me, I want you to go around to his house. I want you to say sorry, and I want you to buy him a present. Well, I was like, I don't want to buy him a present. I'll tell you what I want to give him, but it's certainly not a present. Um, but I did that, and I, I knocked on the door. I'd bought him a present. And I said, you know, I'm really, really sorry for, um, for the dispute, and this is for you. Well, he didn't really know what to say. He just said thank you and closed the door. But do you know what? For the next 20 years, I didn't have a single episode with that guy. In fact... He had a, a heart attack one night, and, and we, were, we were praying for him, and his, his wife um, 
was talking to them. She said, oh, we knew that you were praying for us. And so there was a relationship developed by dealing with anger. Paul in Galatians um, teaches us that the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and the envy, drunken orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. We've got to deal with our flesh. We've got to deal with the things that separate us from God. We've got to deal, like Gary was showing us this morning with the, with the, with the, the chain and the ring. We've got to deal with the sin in our lives. And then Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Another point on anger I want to talk about is right and wrong anger. Does that mean that we as Christians um, are always kind of like just um, pretty mono, pretty grey, that we, we have no compassion, we have no passion, and we just kind of like accept everything? Well, absolutely not. You know, um, there are lots of things that make me incredibly angry. Trafficking of children and women. Um, exploitation, poverty, you know, just some of the things that go on in this world, the cruelty of, of people, the injustice in this world makes me incredibly, incredibly angry. And sometimes I get to the point that I feel like I'm going to blow up and all I can do is pray. Jesus was angry when he drove the people out of the temple. But there's a difference, you see, between righteous anger and unrighteous anger. Righteous anger is concerned with injustice done towards others and dishonoring God. Unrighteous anger is always concerned about our personal injustice, indignation, or bias. And when people have offended us, there's a difference. And it's okay to be angry about things that have been done to you. And, and it's okay to be angry, but take it to God and allow his peace and healing to come into your life and change you. Point two, the things we say. Anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka is answerable to the court, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Um, Raka is taken from an Aramaic word called Raka, re um, which literally means empty one. And... Again, Jesus is speaking into, if, you, you know, if, you, if you're starting to slander people around you, you know, then that's just, it's leading on to, to hatred. It's leading on to, you know, just because you haven't murdered anyone, going right up to the line before you do is not good. And, and speaking badly and slandering other people is not honoring before God. And it, it has no place in our lives. James 4 tells us, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. And when you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. It's so true that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's no good saying, I didn't mean to. Because when you, when you make a mistake... 
It's only what was there in your heart already. That's, that's honesty. That's truth. Luke 6 tells us a good man brings good things out with a good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out with the evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's, Mark 7 tells us that it's what comes out of a person that defiles them. For it is within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All of these things come from inside and defile a person. We need to deal with the things that we say. We need to be careful. But we, it's not a case of just managing our sin. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. We've got to deal what's in our hearts. And that then affects our relationships. And Jesus said, this is how you will know that you are my disciples. That you will have love one for another. And we have to be especially in the church, so careful about how we treat one another. We, we need to be a people that love each other deeply. We need to be a people that bear with one another. You know, that we, 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 we rejoice when somebody rejoices and we weep when somebody weeps, when somebody is in, in trouble. We do what we can to build a kingdom community that goes beyond. Therefore, if you have an offering and your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother and sister has something against you, leave it there. Leave it there, Jesus says. And, and, and go to the altar and be reconciled to them. It's interesting, isn't it, that Jesus puts this in a worship setting. That relationship, this, this passage, it's in a worship setting. They're, 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 they've come to the temple to offer gifts. And it's a great place when, we, when we're coming together, isn't it, on a Sunday. A worship setting is a great place for reconciliation. Not just reconciliation to God, but be, to be reconciled to one another. Right? The thing is, we all have blind spots. And the thing about blind spots is, is that they're blind. We need our brothers and sisters to show us. You know, did you realize... Did you, did you know when you did that, it hurt? Did you, you know? We need the community around us. So our blind spots are blind. And Jesus went on to teach about conflict further on in Matthew, in, in Matthew 18. He said, if your brother and sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And if they listen to you, you've won them over. Job done. Settled. Everything's wonderful. But if they won't listen to you, take along... Two, one or two others, so that everything may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. In other words, if they won't listen to you on this, take somebody else along, some other friends. It's not a lynch mob. You know, it's a, it's, it's a group of friends that, that love each other and talk about it. And if they refuse to listen to, tell it to the church. Sorry. And if they still refuse, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen to the church, treat them like you would a pagan or a tax collector. Now, if they, if they won't listen to the group of people, then you know, ask somebody from the leadership team to, to come in and speak into it. And we can sit down and we can talk and we can resolve it. But relationships 
are, are so important. And lastly, because um, I know we're running out of time, I just want to talk about acting quickly. Do it quickly. Don't let things fester. Don't let things fester. If you've got a, if you've got a problem, sort it out quickly. Jesus uses the analogy of being taken to court and these, you know, in their day there would be a judge who would be somewhere in the town or the village and they would go together before the judge or the, or the leader, leadings, leaders of the council, the elders, and um, they would knock on his door and they, would, and they would say, we've got this dispute. And Jesus is saying, you know, don't even get to that point. You know, sort it out quickly. You know, sort it out quickly. Ephesians tells us, make every effort, every effort, I like that, every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then later in Ephesians it says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. See, if you leave things undone, they can fester, they can spew, they can become pussy and um, really, really toxic in your life. Deal with them quickly, Jesus says. Deal with, the, deal with the anger, deal with broken relationships, deal with problems, deal with the things that, you, that you, are in your heart that you're speaking out. Deal, deal with all of that quickly. Come to him and allow his spirit to move on your life. And even this morning, I want to encourage you to, um, in a minute, we're going to pray, but I encourage you to be opening up your heart to allow God's Spirit to come in and bring peace where there is anger and bring forgiveness. Romans 12 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to revenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Put it into God's hands. Let God take control of the situation. Don't try and deal with it um, in your own strength. Invite the Holy Spirit to come. You know, it says in John that he didn't leave us as orphans. He sent the Holy Spirit to help us. So why don't we use that, what is available to us? Why don't we come before God and say, God, I've got this problem and I need you to help me. I've got this brokenness in my life and I need, I need you to step in because, you know, I've tried managing this sin and managing it is not working. I need freedom, and I need you to come and help me. And the Holy Spirit is so good at coming alongside you and um, ministering into your life and fixing the brokenness. We're all on a journey together. We all need a Savior. We're all in different places. Let us bear with one another. Let's love one another. Let's encourage one another to move forward. And God will get the glory, and we will make Jesus known in the air. With the band, let's start coming back up. I'm just going to pray. So in conclusion, guard our hearts. 
We need to guard our hearts from evil thoughts. We need to guard our tongues from evil speech. We need to work on our relationships, particularly in the body of Christ, because they are precious. And we need to resolve conflicts quickly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, um, we invite you to come now by your Spirit. We know that we um, are in need of you. We know that we are in need of a Savior, that we need you every day, every second of every day. We need you. We know that um, without you, um, we have no righteousness of our own. It only comes from you. But Lord, we invite you in where our hearts have been angry, where there is brokenness in our lives, we invite you in. Come, Holy Spirit. And at home, I just encourage you to lift your, lift your hands up to God and just say, come, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me, help me. And just, just tell him all the, all the things that you're struggling with right now. And say, come and help me. Come into my heart. Minister to my heart. In the name of Jesus. Let's give him time. Let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let that peace come into your hearts this morning know him, that you may love him, that you may experience the freedom that we so often sing about in, in the songs that we sing at Jubilee, that you may know that freedom, that full acceptance, and that peace in your heart. 